Thanks for tuning in to the Awakening Church Podcast. This is our School of Faith channel, and you are tuning in to our four-week class on the Enneagram, using the Enneagram as a spiritual tool for transformation in Jesus Christ. Okay, guys, so I want to hear what you're talking about. You may not know... Attention. Okay. You may not know, you guys all had different questions based on your number. So do some brave souls want to share the question and the answer you gave? Like what sparked some good conversation for your table? Uh, since I got volunteered by the person sitting next to me, um, thank you, Billy. I appreciate it. Uh, I, it was the, one of the questions we had. I'm a set, hi, I'm Robert. I'm a seven. Great, great. yes. Uh, the question we had was, what, what wing do you lean towards and why? And I had been thinking about this a lot as uh, last week, actually, because I think when I was a kid, I was definitely winging more towards six. Like I was a pretty reserved, like not particularly like socially comfortable kid, mm. and uh, I was I'm really risk averse. Like to, even today, I think that's still pretty true. Interesting. Uh, but I like I wouldn't, you know, kids would go like riding their bikes down the hill super fast without a helmet. I'd be like, why would you do that? That's dangerous. Yeah. You're going to like break your arm and die. That's terrible. <laughs> uh, but now I think I later in life I've started winging more towards an eight, and I mean. I saw it play out a lot, like in my twenties. Like I think that transition started to happen, where I went from like I, the first big job I had. I was like, well, I'm gonna do my best to not get noticed because I've seen what happens when people get noticed. They seem stressed. <laughs> uh, so now I think I've like been leaning more towards taking on more responsibilities and trying to experiment and venture out. And I think that like I, I now that I feel like I have some degree of security, it's easy for me. Mm. That's so good. It's interesting. I think between a five and also a seven, the wings matter so drastically. So for you to say to go from a wing six to a wing eight is so crazy to me. Like they're so different. So that's very interesting. I love that. Thanks for sharing. Who else? I'm just going to volunteer because I like the question for the eights, the movie one. Can you read it? And did you guys get to that one? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Oh, I said any and all of their... What was, what was the question? Oh, sorry. What movie makes you feel something deep and special every time you watch it? And I said any and all of the Harry Potter movies. Love it. Why? I, well, like, I don't know if that's telling about specifically my number, but I just, like, I grew up reading the books before bed, and then when they started coming out on audiobook, I would listen to them while I fell asleep, and then, like, dressed up and went to every premiere. So... <laughs> It's funny, Michaela's also an A, and she's obsessed with Harry Potter, too. I don't know what that means. (laughs) I just think it's it's one of the few, like, like coming-of-age tales that, yeah, okay, they're called Harry Potter, but, like, it really is about the trio, and there was no, like, predictable romance in it. You Mm. weren't just, you weren't really, like, following just this one individual, if anything, like, Harry's kind of annoying at times. (laughs) Why? Um, And you're, like, really, like, rooting for, like, how much Hermione grows, and, like, how much, like, Neville comes into his own, and it's just, like, it's the unsung hero, really, and, like, so I feel like it's more about this community that Mm. forms rather than just about this one individual character. Totally. Thank you. What else? Yeah, Daniel, do you want to share too? Um, I said a lot of movies, like, um, a lot of war movies, like, based on true stories. Mm. Um, 
mainly because you kind of see the worst of humanity, but then also the best of it at the same time. Very eight response. <laughs> Good. What else? Uh, what the question? The first icebreaker question was, "What are you uh, obsessed with currently?" Uh, which led to some pretty interesting uh, talks. But I think for me, I'm my current obsession is like audiobooks and podcasts mm. because I'm like, like I could be spending the three hours that I spend on commute in like actually learning something right. instead yeah. of just listening to music. Okay. Even though that's also one of my current obsessions. <laughs> <laughs> An album that I've had stuck on repeat. But, but what yeah. else did you guys say is fives that you're obsessed with? Well, I was just talking about the big, the projects I was working on at that. At this particular time, I'm just obsessed with it until it's done. Yeah, yeah. 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 And Myers-Briggs for you. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, we yeah. talked about that as well. Yeah, nice. This, this one now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, I feel like I would say the Enneagram. Nice. <laughs> awesome. yeah. What about the twos? Come on. We don't want the attention to be on ourselves. Okay. <laughs> Fine, threes. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Was do you have a secret dream or aspiration that excites you? Yeah. A couple themes I came up with was one was about writing or being an author. Mm. The other was about traveling. I don't know if that's a millennial thing or a man thing. <laughs> but yeah. That's awesome. Well, you are like travel goals, so you know you go everywhere. <laughs> that's awesome. Cool. Fours? There's only two of you tonight. Yeah. Well, here's yeah. Oh, here's <laughs> Um, one of the questions was, what type of physical activity empowers you? Mm. And we were both kind of like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like it's kind of hard yeah. as a form to get like motivation to do things sometimes. Mm. Um, so I told her, like, I like doing yoga when mm -hmm. I feel like I can, but sometimes I just want to lay there instead of doing anything. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> so I don't know about Jesus. Do you like working out? I love sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get very much of it as a medical yeah. student. So. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And the point of all the questions too is to give you at least one that does offer you like a self care like focus. You know, like for a four, it is important. Like yes, you love your sleep, you love to just be. But how can you like get up and just go out there and like be active to do that for yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good. Good discussion, guys. Okay. So can you all see this? Daniel's table. Can you guys see? Back table? Okay, cool. So before we dive in, I wanted to always like make every week a week where like all the numbers can, I mean, you can always get, you know, you're going to learn tonight for about five, six, and seven, but I want to teach you something about all nine that I think is super helpful. So all of us are on a team, right? Whether it's at work or you serve on a team at church, 
or you volunteer or you're in a sport. And so I think just the team metaphor is like super helpful in all regards. So I thought this would be cool to give you guys a sense of the numbers around you. What is the biggest value they can add to your team? And this is helpful, especially now that you guys are studying all nine, you're gonna be able to see like, okay, maybe I you know, work with a three and before I didn't know like what value they could bring. You know, and now that makes sense to know what all nine could bring to the table. Um, and I'll email you guys the slides as always, but I'll just read it out loud. So number one, so not, ones bring discernment. So ones focus on finding out what's wrong and fixing and improving it. They're like a moral compass for the team. Twos provide helpfulness. So they have eyes to see what is needed on the team and then meet the need. I also think like twos are great at even knowing like the emotional state of everyone on the team and making sure everyone is heard. Type threes are extremely action oriented. They're the ones that focus on the goals. They are efficient and they get things done. Type fours bring the creativity so they can identify what's missing. And they're also the empathetic connection to the feelings and to the emotion. So something great is if you think about like, let's say people are working on a campaign, the type four would bring forth the question of like, what do we want people to feel through this campaign? Like what is the emotion we want to invoke, evoke and convey? Type fives, they're extremely objective. They analyze and they're logical. So fives are great too. I think when you're, think about like brainstorming and like most every other number just like wants their <laughs> ideas to be heard. Fives are great at being extremely objective and just being like, okay, well what is the best option that will like make this, you know, be successful? Mm-hmm. Sixes, always come up with the backup plan. Um, Nick was just sharing with me today about being a six. So they're the worst case scenario planner. Um, they are devil's advocate. So actually I think a really great example I'm gonna bring up that happened today at our office, <laughs> speaking of this, is there was a huge spider in our office today. And me and Simi and Beth were are deathly afraid of spiders. And Nick came in and we were trying to figure out what to do. And long story short, we ended up putting the spider in a cup and we were debating like, do, and the cup was on a shirt. So Simi's like holding a shirt and a cup with a spider inside. And we were like, hey, well, what are we gonna do? And Sinead just kind of like was about to make a maneuver. And Nick's like, wait, what's your plan right now? Like he literally said that, what's the plan right now? What are you about to do? And I think that's so sick. So that they're always thinking like worst case scenario and backup plan. And we ended up killing it, it was great. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> okay, sevens. So sevens bring the fun. Sevens bring the excitement, they bring the spirit, they bring forth all the ideas. They make brainstorming fun on a team. Eights are also action oriented, and this is different. So threes and eights are both action oriented. When you think of a three, think more action oriented in terms of like goal setting. When you think eight, it's action oriented in the sense of like execution, right? They keep the team accountable. It's like actually make sure they get things done. And finally, nines are awesome because they're so collaborative. They see all perspectives and they bring unity to the team. So yeah, I hope that's helpful. Um, just so you know now how to deal with people that you work with, you know. (laughs) Okay, so if you've been with us the last few weeks, we've been going through the all nine numbers on the Enneagram, and we've learned that all nine types are separated into three triads or centers, right? So we have the feeling center, also called the heart triad. We have the thinking center, which is the head triad, and the instinct center, also called the body or the gut triad. And so all of us in this room, we have all three types, right? We have all three centers, but there's a particular center which you operate the most from, and that's where your number lives. 
And so one of the goals with the Enneagram for all of us is we want to have this like holistic view of how to develop in our self-awareness where all three centers are activated, right? So last week we talked about twos, threes, and fours being in the feeling center. So their primary way of seeing the world is this filter of like through the feelings first, through the heart first. And then so tonight we're going to be talking about the thinking center, also called the head triad, which is numbers five, six, and seven. So again, the word triad, just think of this as how you take in, process, and respond to life circumstances. That's a triad. So for these types in the head triad, they see everything and they filter it through the lens of mental analysis and thought. So some of these processes include, by the way, if you want to take notes, there are journals and pen, uh, paper right there, and you have pens on your table. Okay, so some of these processes include things like analyzing, envisioning, imagining and planning. But for head triad types, they sometimes have difficulty in decision making because there's an underlying fear in their processing. And we're gonna to get to that in a second. And so because of this fear, they have a desire for security. And five, sixes, and seven seek that security in three very unique and distinct ways. They have three different strategies, which we're gonna dive into. So this kind of summarizes what I'm explaining right now and just a little more concisely, but so because of this fear, these types five, six, and seven, they have more difficulty making decisions, right? And with a desire for security, they want to minimize their fear, they want to avoid painful situations, and they want to gain certainty as they mentally process. And we talked about last week how in every triad, one number is always going to overexpress, one number is always going to underexpress, and one is going to be disconnected, both over and underexpressing the energy of the triad they live in, right? So what does that look like for the head triad? So in the head triad, the five is the one that will overexpress, six is disconnected, seven underexpresses. I'm gonna explain what this really means because I know this sounds kind of like condescending. It's not meant to be that at all. So <laughs> let's dive into it. So for a five, so fives feel this loss of connection with their head as this like uh, state of like belief of like being left vulnerable or alone in a scary world. They almost have this motto of like, was my guidance taken away too soon when I was a kid almost? Um, and so early on for fives, they begin to discover like, okay, I have a really capable mind that's going a million miles a minute and they begin observing everything and they begin to overexpress their head energy or their, or their thoughts, right? And so they begin putting their trust in their thoughts rather than engaging with life on its own. It's all about going inward. And so the result is retreating to figure it all out. And the irony is you can never know everything, right? So they're constantly on a quest to figure it all out. And fives respond to this fear, right, being in the head triad, which is driven by fear, by withdrawing and retreating into their minds in order to understand. Any questions on that? And we're gonna deep dive into five, six, and seven, but this is specifically just to teach you guys through the lens of the head center, like how this works. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So sixes also have this loss of connection to the head center as feeling like this loss of support by the universe, right? Like what happened to the trust? Like they feel abandoned or forsaken by authority and people and just completely driven by fear, like not trusting their external environment. And so they compensate by becoming vigilant, by doubting, by questioning, continually scanning the environment for potential danger. So the sense that sixes are disconnected means that they both underexpress and overexpress this energy. So let's break that down. So the way they underexpress it is they lean very heavily on trusting their environment, often more than themselves. 
they tend to think, okay, the environment and authority is probably way more trustworthy or reliable than, than my own thoughts. And then they overexpress it by they do hold some trust in this reserve and they begin observing and poking and prodding and continually questioning their authority. So it's kind of like a vicious cycle for a six. <laughs> the problem is sixes are rarely satisfied even with the people or institutions they've chosen to trust. And as their anxiety increases, they can be prone to continually testing everything and then that erodes the security they've already built. And sixes are very complicated, and so we're gonna, I'm excited to dive into it more, and we have two great sixes that are gonna share more about that, about that with us. So, sevens in regards to the head triad. So for a seven, their loss of connection with head center is this feeling of like being cut off with accessing all the good things in life. So there's a sense of FOMO for a seven, constant FOMO, and like feeling ripped off. There's also this experience of pain deprivation. There's an anxiety that, will I ever be fulfilled or not? So early on, sevens learn to self-soothe this anxiety by projecting into the world this expectation that everything must fulfill me. And so they don't appear fearful on the surface, which is interesting, like, you know, you're like sevens in the fear triad, why? But they're actually running from that fear and their pain, but it's an avoidance reaction. And so for a seven, the underexpression, what it looks like is they put their trust in the external world. They're so far detached from their thought because they're constantly looking to mask the thought by looking to the world to fill that need. It's not to say that sevens are not intelligent because so head, again, head energy, this is not to say that they're not thinking, right? It's really just a sense of security or the ability to still our minds so we can receive the wisdom that comes to us. Sevens tend to avoid downtime to avoid the sense of deprivation, becoming aggressive and demanding as their anxiety increases. So that's all three types in regards to the under and over expression and the disconnection of head center. Any questions? Good, make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool, let's keep going. Okay, so let's deep dive into type five then now. So five, the observer, this table right over here. So for a five, so five's core desire is to understand and to know. So fives tend to withdraw to their own private world and they begin to take on this like detached or unaffected point of view of life. Fives feel very drained from too much contact or too much commitment. Fives are very intellectual and they seek safety in the knowledge that they're obtaining. And so remember also, they're, again, they're in the fear triad, so this is how they feel safe. This is how they compensate for that fear is obtaining knowledge and information. So their basic desire is for understanding and uncovering the essence of truth. Their core sin is avarice. I know that word seems like kind of archaic. It's actually just a form of greed. And it's a greed, not obviously financially at all, but it's, it's two things. So part of it is this greed for accumulation of knowledge, right? They constantly want to know more and more. And it's another form of greed of reserving their energy. Because I mentioned, they get so drained by you know invasions or intrusions of even people, they want to protect their mental capacity. More things about fives. So fives, again, they flee inward and they believe the only safe place is their minds. Fives rely on their own resources and they illuminate knowledge. Um, I think, yeah, the most, I, I learned so much from fives. Fives explain things in a way where your mind is just like blown. It's crazy. Um, I think of even like talking to Tom about Myers-Briggs, like I thought I liked Myers-Briggs, saying he opened my world up to a whole new life of Myers-Briggs. They are a source of wisdom in a world of questions and uncertainty. 
So out of all nine types, fives are the most withdrawn. And again, I think there's a common misconception that means like they're introverted hermit types. It's not that at all. Mm -hmm. It's really a so it's not a social withdrawal, but it's just saving that mental capacity because they seek to understand the world, right? Like how twos like need connection, they just need to understand. So that's not a driver for them as people. It's more just knowing information. Even though some fives can appear to be aloof or absent-minded, the opposite is true. Their mind is constantly churning with questions and answers that need to be discovered. And so because fives have such an active mental life, they're never bored when they're alone. Like, my brother is here, and he's like always in his room, but he's never bored. He's constantly doing and thinking. He doesn't need people that much. So, that much. So, <laughs> fives can be suspicious of most attempts to love and nurture them as emotional distractions that they can't trust. That's also interesting. I think that goes into play with the whole fear triad portion of fives as well. And I like this too. Fives don't often need teachers because most teaching is presented too slow for the pace of their minds. Hopefully I'm making I'm keeping <laughs> Hopefully I'm an exception to that. Watch a webinar I it up literally all So five with a wing. So I mentioned this before too. I think fives are probably like depending on their wing, it's the biggest distinction also for a seven as well. But a five wing four and a five wing six is so different. And I'm so glad our panel has both types tonight. So a five wing four is more creative usually, humanistic, can be sensitive, empathetic, withdrawn, and at their unhealthiest self, sometimes self-absorbed. Five wing six, sometimes called the problem solver, these types are a little bit more extroverted, very loyal. They can be anxious and skeptical, right? That six side coming out, which we're gonna learn about in a second, and often interested in science. And last week, we talked about song lyrics, right, for each type that really resonated. So this is what, I, what stuck out to me for a five. It says, I wanna watch the universe expand. I wanna break it into pieces small enough to understand and put it all back together again in the quiet of my private collection. And then the song goes on at the very end. It says, I finally feel the universe expand. It's hidden in heartbeats, exhales, and the hopes of open hands. Isn't that cool? Okay, so loving a type five. How do we love a type five? It's awesome. Let them think. Let them think. <laughs> Validate their expertise. Catch them when they begin to unhealthily isolate themselves. Allow them to explore and learn in their own time. And don't abuse their competency. So fives experience heartache when they feel incapable of fixing things. It's also very interesting. They need recognition and knowledge for their skills and the space to internally process. Um, I think this is also interesting, too, in regards to like relationships. Like Because he's here, I can say it. So my brother is a five, and my mom, dad, and I are all twos. It's a very interesting <laughs> dynamic in our house. And we're going to talk about it on the panel in a second, but this language has been so helpful for our conflict resolution because I'm an external processor with anything. He's an internal processor. So even for like conflicts that happen, I had to learn that just because he didn't want to talk about it right away, it didn't mean he didn't care, right? And he had to learn to like listen a little bit more when I needed to externally process. So for a five, the core fear is being, I would say, the, I don't like the word annihilated, being depleted of energy, being thought of as incapable or ignorant, or being assigned unwanted obligations. Does any, does any of you guys at this table, what resonates with this? Could you speak to any of this? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shout off a few things. Uh, but not too much because you're on the panel, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
all of them. Yeah. Yeah, I get assigned the worst projects. That's <laughs> <laughs> all the problems I'm getting done, but I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Because you overthink it. No, it's just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I just think it's stupid. <laughs> okay, so when a five is growing, when they're growing, fives are going to move to the direction of a healthy eight. So what that looks like is they become more self-confident and decisive. They are extremely active and in touch with their body, right, because the eights are in the gut triad. We'll learn about that next week. And they'll begin to trust their in instincts more and become more assertive. When fives are stressed and they're disintegrating, they will actually go towards unhealthy sevens. This includes becoming hyperactive and scattered, taking on new projects impulsively, <laughs> becoming scattered and distracted. And I, th I think this is interesting too, is so sevens, which we're gonna learn in a second, their sin is gluttony. It's a gluttony for excess. And so for a five, if they can't like figure out an answer or a solution, and they're kind of in this zone of like, I wanna figure it all out, if they don't figure it out, they just give up. And when they give up, they might hurt, turn to unhealthy coping techniques. We talked about the first week that sevens can kind of have an addictive personality, right? Always searching for more. So fives can kind of fall into that part of the seven. So what truth can a five cling to? So Isaiah 40, 31 says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So because Christ is in you, you will always be replenished. Your needs are not a problem. That's the truth that a five needs to hear. Mm -hmm. And to take it further, just a practice for a five. So putting to death this weakness or, you know, the sin of avarice or greed, which leads you to withhold your presence, knowledge, and needs from the world, because the world needs your knowledge. Through Christ, you have all the energy and wisdom that you need. And then bringing to life this core longing to know your needs are not a problem. So for a five, I think the healthiest form of growth really is letting go of the drive to find all the answers, letting go of like this compulsion to solve everything, but just learning to like rest in the glory of mystery, right? Just like letting it be. That's good. <laughs> so self-care for a five. This is very interesting. So fives probably need the biggest lesson in self-care um, because they're, they're experts at being alone, but what does that really look like? So... For a five, they already do withdraw, but sometimes because they withdraw, they actually like will neglect their bodies or their relationships. So actually an amazing mental and physical practice for a five is really working out. It's just getting out there, you know, endorphins, all that. <laughs> and then a day without interruptions, solitude, a new mental challenge, time and space to think about it. I love AirPods, <laughs> earpods, <laughs> food delivery service, and plants. <laughs> so for a five, yeah, just being holistic, like regular exercise, eating regular meals, all important. So now, I'm going to invite our three lovely panel people up. To the yeah. Wow. Cool. Okay, guys. Yeah, get into it. Get in there. <laughs> cool. So we have my brother is a five wing four. Anna is also a five wing four. Joel is a five wing wing six. Just so you have that. And we have two males and a female. Great representation. Okay. So what do you, anyone can take this one? What do you think is the biggest stereotype with being a five? You're introverted. 
Mm-hmm. Which I am, but <laughs> I'm all introverted. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, I'm introverted too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully you're not introverted. <laughs> but like... <laughs> but it's a stereotype, yeah. 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 It is. But I feel like I, like with that, when I am like very social and extroverted, like that's also, it's, I don't know, that's also me too. Yeah. And, like I'm, yeah. you know, yeah. always alone or always I'm definitely, antisocial. I'm definitely mm-hmm. split. And that's what we were talking about with Myers. My mm. breaks is those like for like the first one that's like I first I, yeah. uh, and I'm literally split down the middle on that mm. because like I so I can be very extroverted and very outgoing with a group of people mm. but that's not what gives me energy yeah it mm. depletes me yeah so yeah. that when I get home I need like what I call my I call it decompression mm. so like I need to decompress yeah to like kind of like just sort through all the things that I've ingested throughout the day yeah. mm-hmm. to kind of be like, okay, cool. Let me just need some yeah. time to totally. lock in. Mm-hmm. Which that workout routine, I was like, yep, yeah. that yeah. is like super, yeah. that's why, like in the morning, it's just kind of my time to like it shut out the mm-hmm. world and just focus on yes. me. What about avarice, this sin? Like how do yeah. you see that at work in your life? Um, avarice, oh yeah. That's the information thing. The like greed. The greed. The, yeah. yeah, it's cool that you said the working out thing mm. because I feel like when I work out, it has like a deeper meaning to me because it's like I get out of my head for the first time mm. and I'm not like just like this vacuum cleaner for like information. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just kind of like just focused. And the other thing that you had on there that was really good was the, um, what was it? It was the healthy, like when they're healthy, they mm-hmm. become more decisive and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. I think that's definitely one that that I feel like as I got older I've been like more decisive and not like stuck on like whether or not I should just getting stuck between mm-hmm. two different decisions mm-hmm. and thinking overthinking it yeah yeah good. yeah I think for me I relate more to like holding on to security instead mm-hmm. of like my like energy um I feel like that's been huge in my life of like I don't want to make the wrong mistake or like Mm. um, I don't want to fail or something so I'll like hold on to that security of Mm. like knowing like my trajectory and everything and so I think I've realized that I've held on to that too much Mm. and so yeah I think for me um, letting go of that would just mean like being okay with the risks and like failure and totally yeah Yeah. Mm. Yeah. that's good I think for me it's like the that like my own mind has like an internal conflict with itself. Mm. Like that sin nature is trying to appeal to my logical side mm-hmm. by saying like, oh, well you deserve this or yeah. you need this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, and it's a way that it kind of like, I have to like go through an, an, an emotional or a mental debate with like mm. two, the two sides of my brain or whatever. Um, saying like, wait, no, this doesn't make sense or this does yeah. make sense. So that's kind of- Interesting, wow. Yeah. Good. Okay, what about going from stress to health? Like, talk to me about, like, when do you see yourselves going to eight? And then when do you see yourself going to seven? Yeah. It's weird. I feel like all my friends have been either sevens or eights. Mm. Like, all of them. Like, because, and those two types, you, when you meet people, you know, yeah. like, you know you met a seven, and you know you met an eight. <laughs> and I, I, when yeah. I the reason why I was interested in the test is because it said, like, you go to seven. Yeah. And I feel like whenever I'm with my seven friends, I act... Not in a bad way, mm-hmm. but I feel like I kind of know 
what that um, that means. Not that I act like healthy sevens, but I adopt the same unhealthy qualities that sevens have, which is like in being impulsive maybe. Yeah. Or um, I could see myself like at worst, or someone with my personality, not myself, mm. but at worst like being a drug addict or yeah. something. He's <laughs> not. Not me, I'm not, but yeah. I, can see, I, can, yeah. I, can, I feel like that's there. Yeah, it's a personality. And the eighth thing is like, I've also had a lot of eight friends, mm -hmm. just uh, people that remind you not to be in your head. Like, why are you in your head? Mm -hmm. You know, like just being decisive. And I, you feel like that's there in you already. Mm -hmm. So you kind of just act more like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Mm. Yeah, for me, I definitely see like, the um, growth and like when you're in stress. Um, for me, it's, um, I just, I think I make decisions easier. Like I actually, like I go through with the decision better when I'm in my health and I'm in an eight mm. space because I'm not so much like in my head or like just thinking of all the different, like how it could turn out. Mm. Um, when I am stressed, I definitely see the addictive personality of like how that plays out. Yeah. And, yeah, just avoiding, I think, too, like, um, I don't know, like, thinking about it too much or being, yeah, in that headspace of whatever the problem is, hmm. just kind of avoiding it. Yeah. Uh, so my wife is an eight, mm -hmm. so, like, it's, it's really interesting, mm -hmm. the dynamic, because, like, if we get in, like, an argument, like, she'll be like, well, this is how I stand, and I'll try to appeal to, like, the logical side and I've noticed that like in times of health obviously I align more easily with her cause, yeah because of the eight um so it's a lot easier to like appeal to that whereas like in times of like stress or in the time hmm. of unhealth I'm just like kind of like basically word vomiting yeah. all these things of, yeah. like well here's why it, like and just listing off a ton of things and that's really scattered and not really clear and concise uh, which is like not helpful, and then she'll yeah. just be like, nope, and like close <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So That's good. For the next three, I'm just gonna like shoot them off. So, Seth, for you, what do you wish people really knew about being a friend? Um, nothing. Come on. I can't think of anything. Um, <laughs> wish people really knew. Um, I guess. Oh, you, I know. I have a good answer. Um, like that, you're not not emotional. Mm. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. um, I, I really don't feel like I'm not. Mm -hmm. I just don't think, I feel like it makes me cringe to express emotion mm -hmm. the way that most people express it. And I'm just like, I can't believe so? they're, they're doing it like this. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it blows my mind. So like our like family. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I mean, I, but I don't think it comes from like being insecure to not share your emotions. I just, I don't, I've never thought of um, sharing my emotions that way mm -hmm. in my life. It's mm -hmm. just so unnatural, yeah. Yeah. the way people express their emotions, or, or when people like cry and stuff. Just, <laughs> I'm curious, do you think with like me and mom and dad being twos, did that, how did that? That kind of made me more like a normal human being. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, most people are like that, so you kind of have to just yeah. accept that that's the world you live in. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anna, for you with the heart energy and how fives will overexpress it, what does that look like for you? Um, that's a good question. Dang, I 
don't know if I know this one either. <laughs> um, I think for me, it's, I think I will overexpress my thoughts mm-hmm. on something. Um, like I'm an internal, I'm an internal processor um, in regards to like, I do that alone, but I am also like a verbal processor. Yeah. Um, like I need my thoughts spoken out loud yeah. to like process it. And so um, I guess maybe if I don't have that alone time, I'll just kind of vomit all the, yeah. all my thinking out. Mm-hmm. And everything That's good. Around. Yeah, totally yeah. makes sense. Jewel, for you, like your best self, how do you mm-hmm. see God at work through you? The five. Uh, well, I think that's the best, like, this is probably the best question mm-hmm. for fives, is mm-hmm. because it's like, you, when you're in this, like, headspace of, like, thinking and, like, seeking knowledge, it really m- makes you very hungry for the Word of God mm-hmm. and for learning about his facets and gaining understanding and gaining wisdom Mm. and like diving into things that people would be like why the heck do you want to learn about that Mm. like who likes ecclesiastes and it's like like that like that was like i'm like i love it like i want to learn about like i want to spend like go through like five books that just deal with genesis one like that to me is really interesting Interesting. and that and that way it like helps like I can kind of disseminate that information mm. to like mm. the people around me and show the passion that I have for it. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, these are the things that I'm learning. This is what mm. I'm really excited about, or this is what I'm, you know, great. currently obsessed with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any final thoughts you want to share? Um. Shoot. Was that you didn't send me that question? Oh my God. I'm just leaving it open. No? I feel like for me, I was hesitant to do the panel because I was like, gosh, I don't know if I know that much about mm. five, but I'm like, mm-hmm. that's a five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, wow. That's so good. We were just talking about the, the disabled yeah. one. was like, I feel like fives would also like not show up to like yeah. a panel. Oh, like, <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, Thanks, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. I love it. I love it. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Yay. Okay. Do you guys need like a break or no? Yeah? Okay. Let's take three minutes if you promise to come back in three minutes and not chat. Okay, so we'll just do three minutes. Get water, get snack, bathroom. Nailing it. Killing it. Are you a five? Well, some of those things I was hearing, I was like, that sounds a little bit like me. There's some elements, but I don't think so. The whole going to seven and eight, though, that like sounds a little bit reasonable. Andy, are you a five? Are you gonna call another member? This sounds like a British like charge movie, you know? Like, oh yeah, sorry. You know, like the loyalists, like the, you just sit right in front of me. Yeah, let's not do that. No, not yet. Let's gonna be for a while. Okay. Okay. So you wanna sit there? Wait, wait, wait. Let me stretch my legs. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hi. I love the bell. Okay. Cool. Wow. Okay. Moving on to type six. The lovely people at this table tonight. So, who is the type six? The loyalist. 
So sixes are people who anticipate life's dangers. When they're healthy, they have faith, they're courageous, they're loyal, determined, and effective. And when they're struggling or in stress, they can be fearful, hypervigilant, or paranoid. Of all the personality types, of all nine, the sixes are the most loyal to their friends and to their beliefs. So they're the kind of person that will like go down with the ship, the tried and true person in your life. They hang on to relationships of all kinds far longer than other types. And sixes, this loyalty is not just with people, it's also to ideas. They're loyal to ideas or systems or to beliefs. Um, and they even believe that all ideas or authority should also be questioned. They're not scared to question. They will typically fight for their beliefs more fiercely than they fight for themselves. And they will defend their community or family more tenaciously than they will defend themselves. And we looked this up, that the most cops in the world are sixes. Very interesting. Yeah. So for six, this is what I thought was most fitting, is that courage or faith to show up every day, to trust that there will be light always waiting behind, even the darkest of nights. I don't know why I had this guy. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay. So for a six, their core desire is for security, and their core sin is fear or anxiety. So we talked about this a little bit the first week, but remember, so they're not only in the fear triad; their sin is also fear. It's like double fear. It's hard out here for a six. Okay. So this um, sin of fear it presents itself through anxiety or angst. Um, irrational overthinking or even self-doubting behavior. Sixes are very pragmatic. They're very sensible and confident in the way that they live, even in the face of all the inner doubt that they face. Their fear. And another way to think about the anxiety is like they are scanning life, trying to predict all the outcomes, especially worst case scenarios, constantly in a state of apprehension or worry. And so we talked about in the beginning a little bit, like the disconnection from heart center, right? They do both. So think about it this way. So they flee inward to avoid the external threats, and then they flee outward to avoid internal fears. Say it again. So fleeing inward into their thoughts to avoid all the external threats because authority maybe can't be trusted. And then they flee outward because they want to avoid the internal fear. So they bounce around in a reactive cycle. They look for guidance from others, ironically, to become independent. They seek approval from authority figures, and sometimes they rebel from that authority to prove their independence again. And they try to control their fear through vigilance. So what does a six look like further? So two different wings, right? Same as everything else. So six wing five, known as the defender. So these types are more introverted, intellectual, they're cautious, they're focused, and they can be paranoid, anxious, or standoffish in their stressful side. Um, a six-wing five is the person who will take excellent care of people that they love. They're just such a solid friend, um, and they're, they're really a good like defense for a friend as well. They'll always defend their friends and their community that they care for. A six-wing seven is called the buddy. They're the more, a little bit more extroverted. They can be sometimes materialistic, sociable, playful. Um, again, all the fun sides of a seven, healthy sides coming out, right? Fun, energetic, active, and sometimes impulsive. Six-wing sevens are always faithful, supportive, and caring. So what is a core fear of a type six? So for them, it's fear itself. They fear, feel it, fear itself, and or being without support, security, or guidance. They fear being blamed or targeted, being alone or physically abandoned. And this is something good I want Nick to talk, talk about in the panel in a second. 
So how do we love a type six? Well, stay loyal to them. If you have sixes in your life, be a loyal friend. Trust their insight so it builds their confidence. Right? We just learned that they are looking for people to help. They want, they're looking outward for people to build their trust. Don't dismiss their concerns. Be a safe place for them. Catch them when they allow fears to overwhelm them, because it will. Sixes experience heartache when they don't feel secure and supported. So they need to know that their ideas or their fears, dreams, and doubts matter, and that they're also safe with you when they share. I think for a six, because the trust is so hard that they might even have trouble like getting getting to a place where they have a bunch of friends in their network that they do trust. That's why it's so important if you do have six friends to really be that safe place for them, where you're like, anything is welcome. All fears, all doubts, all of it is safe with me. So when they're growing, so a healthy six will start to look like a healthy nine. So what this means is things like being more trusting in themselves, being more open to life and to others, empathizing with others and seeing others' points of view, right? being a little more objective, learning to relax, being present in the moment and not so hypervigilant. And in stress, a six will go to type three, the unhealthy side of type three, this includes becoming competitive and arrogant, <laughs> feeling, avoiding to feel anxiety by being busy, reluctant to try anything new if failure is a possibility. <laughs> they can find themselves overworked in an attempt to calm their distress, kind of like by thinking, like, if only I gave this more effort, I'd find stability, right? They're constantly looking for stability, so if only I gave this more effort. Um, and they can be afraid of losing their unhealthy self. So what is... Clinging to truth look like for a six. Um, this verse, Joshua 1, 9, it says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you will go. So because of Christ in you, six need to remember that they're safe and they're secure because Jesus always has their back. So at their healthiest, I think the biggest virtue that a six could develop is courage, right? That courage that leads them to be extremely resilient and strong. What does self-care look like for a six? So it's interesting. Sixes are one of the most complex numbers because remember, they're in the head triad. So they take in information through their mind, but they're also doubting their mind. They're taking all the information in and they're also disconnected. They're overexpressing, they're underexpressing. So these are, and it's and me and Nick were just talking about this. Why does, what? Everybody's just laughing at wine. Oh, yes, yes. WebMD, you shouldn't be looking at WebMD if you're a six. I don't agree with that at all. But, so hospitality is like confusing, I think. And we were like, why hospitality? He's like, I don't like hosting people. But it's not, it's not hospitality in the sense of hosting people. It's more of host, allowing people into your heart and allowing to host people in a place where you begin to trust them. So making room for people into your life and really, and not doubting them. And that's another thing we're gonna talk about in the panel in a second, so hold that thought. Um, for for self-care, sixes need the space to process all the thoughts in their head, whether that be through a trusted advisor, with a friend over coffee or wine, or doing their own research. So sixes need to learn to kind of like uh, tap into that nurturing side. I like that they have mantras on here too, because I think since sixes do struggle so much with anxiety, just having like truth, even like biblical truth that you're repeating over yourself daily to help keep the anxious thoughts at bay. So putting to death and bringing to life. So for a six, put to death your core weakness of anxiety. 
which causes you to get constantly caught up in worst-case scenarios and planning. Through Christ, you are completely loved, provided for, and protected. Bring to life your heart's core longing to know you are safe and secure. The all-powerful God of the universe sent his only son for you so you can rest in his strength. You will be guided by the Holy Spirit in a confusing and chaotic world. Amen to that. Okay, so I want to bring up Megan and Nick because we have lots to talk about. (laughs) So I wanted to spend a majority of time on this panel especially, so I kept my part short because, so to be totally honest with you guys, I was very intimidated to teach this week. Um, I feel like I know, I understand the least about the head triad, and so it's been so fun for me to start learning it. Um, not start, to continue learning it. I've been, I've been learning it. But I think especially sixes are the most complex for me. And so I love, I even told Nick, I was like, share a lot of stories. I think it's so insightful, especially for them struggling with fear and then being in the fear triad. It's a lot. And then being in the head triad, so you're overthinking everything. So I want you guys to explain what that's like to us. Like, first of all, just yeah, what is it like being a six? <laughs> um, yeah, I can really speak to the overthinking part. Yeah. Uh, I was meeting with a, like, kind of like a mentor, a friend, and he's giving me like great like life advice. But like, I'm like, oh, in the moment, I'm like, oh, this is great. But then I go outside the meeting, I'm like, I don't trust him. Like, that <laughs> 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 like everyone's like, oh, it's really good advice. Like, wow, I wish I had that when I was your age. I'm like, nope, he's doing something else. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's up to. I'm gonna like flee from that and like get my own independence, like rebel against it, do the opposite of what he's saying, or do it to prove him wrong. Um, I think another thing for me is like being a six is that when you finally get to a place of being calm and you're like oh I actually don't have anything to worry about Mm. you pick apart and find something else and you worry that you're not worrying and so um, I don't know if you all have that experience too but you're like everything's going too well it can't be going this well okay yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) so I have to find something to worry about yeah what do you guys think is the biggest stereotype in being a six let me tell you. Yeah, <laughs> they're so prepared. Um, I think it's sometimes that maybe we're like more uptight mm. or not fun or approachable. Mm. Um, I wrote all this out because I wanted to be very deliberate, but like yeah. that, it seems like I think sometimes the six can feel like it's a lot of work because they're like, or having them as a friend is so much work because they mm. do need some extra like TLC yeah. or they need that extra reassurance. So I think that is like a. I don't know, not to avoid having friends mm-hmm. as sixes because mm-hmm. we really pride ourselves on being like so loyal and such a good friend. Yeah. But it takes a little while to like crack that service and yes. get there to earn that. Yeah. And off that, what would be, because you guys are prone to not always trust right away, what is a good like practical tip? Like how can they befriend you in a way where it's like you want to trust us? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> 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 you figure it out, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Tiffany brought up a really good point actually in our like group conversation that I actually wrote down. Um, mm. And I think it's we like to try new things, we like to meet new people, but mm. sometimes we can be really afraid because we don't know how we received or mm. we don't want to do something alone. Yeah. And so I think like they're kind of the friend that you first need to take them under your wing, mm. I think, and be the one to like invite them yes. or um, ask them if they want to join. And I think sometimes maybe starting out in small groups rather than big mm. groups can be. That's good. Yeah, I'm looking to. Yeah, good. Yeah. 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 Y
So dinner's for eight was too big? <laughs> Almost. Borderline. Nick? It's like the, the West story. Oh, that one. Um, yeah, so you guys remember West from last week. You kind of shared that like as a two, they like to ask a lot of questions. Let me show you from that, from like a six perspective. <laughs> because, so I was on staff with crew last year, and Wes is a student. Usually staff pursue students, but Wes pursued me. So it's about, like, why does a student want to get lunch with me? That's weird. Uh, but it, like, it wasn't. And so we got lunch, he's like asking me all these questions, like I barely know this guy. It's like super nice of him. But in my head, I'm like, this guy's weird. Like, what does he want to know about me? Who's he working for? Like, very childish. And like, West is not a bad person. Like, West is not a bad person. In my mind, he's like horrible. But it's like, and then just like getting to know him, like breaking down this wall that's like between us, um, is needed. So, but it's just like our two personality types like clashing together. Yeah. And on that too, we were talking about today. There's. A like statistic that our old pastor Steve shared with us that sixes can be very distrusting of twos. I thought that was so interesting what you're saying because I think it is like the two is so desiring connection and the six is like why? What do you what do you want? <laughs> Are you trustworthy? It's very interesting. How do you guys see the root sin at work? The anxiety. I know you touched on it a little bit, but anything else you wanna? Um. I think that there's always a question of like enough, like am I good enough, is that good enough, mm. am I doing enough, um, is God enough, like mm. I think that those, like that runs through my mind a lot, um, and it's hard to feel secure with that, or feel like that's something steady, and mm. to be comfortable with things that are steady, mm. um, yeah. and I think that being so fearful can keep you from the relationship that God wants you to have, yeah. um, which I've experienced firsthand, mm. and so I think yeah. Uh, I've seen this uh, play out recently where I just got a new job, and my friend, who used to be my roommate, who I didn't actually like living with, is now my boss. Oh. Um, <laughs> he like took me under his wing, like trained me up, and then was kind of like, "All right, you have a few cases, like <clears throat> go do the rest on this list," and kind of like left me to figure it out by myself. Which I'm like, I'm like kind of like paralyzed. Like one thing about sixes, they get paralyzed by fear of failure. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't want to fail, but I need to do my work, but I don't want to fail at it, yeah. but it's like if I do it, I'm probably mm -hmm. going to fail at it. So it's like, I'm just kind of stuck, like I met with them today, I'm like, hey, can we go over my job again? Like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, but it's just like, not, uh, just needed like a little bit more guidance, a little bit more like, yeah, it's also really bad at texting back. Mm. So it's like I text them like three questions, they'll go respond to me like three hours later. It's like, yep, sounds good. I'm like, <laughs> but to him it's like overbearing and whatnot. So, yeah. If I can add one more thing mm -hmm. that kind of reminded me, Nick, with what you were talking about, I think what if runs through my mind mm. a lot. Um, <laughs> so I think that goes back to like the worst case scenario or like, well, what if they meant this instead of that? Or like, what if that they meant something else by that text or if I was supposed to do something else? Yeah. I'm speaking of what if. That's actually how I policy by night is just think about worst case scenarios and what we would do in our response to that. Like, oh, what are trucks get parked into? But the one I can't figure out is like, what if everything from the cafeteria got stolen?
speaking of that firsthand, another very sick thing that Nick did today is we just got all of our like key, the locks changed, and so they gave us new keys today, and we were just talking about it, and I was like, Nick, what's the first thing you thought of with that? Because like I was like, oh, now it's a third key I have to have on my keychain, whatever. He was like, oh, I was just thinking, what happened to make them change the locks? Like, what happened here? Like, did something happen? Did someone break it? Happened. They had to do it, but not gonna tell us. Like, oh, it's just an annual thing. Yeah. No, there's probably someone who has a key. There's a real Yeah. How do you guys see like the growth and the stress, like going to nine and going to three? Sure. Um, I think when going in the direction of growth and health. I feel like I can finally get out of my head mm -hmm. because I'm not so focused on myself or what I'm worrying about or the what ifs. Mm -hmm. I think I'm able to um, like be more mindful of others mm -hmm. in that way um, and be more aware and like in the moment and be enjoying like that time instead of spending so much mm -hmm. time in my own head worrying. Mm -hmm. it's, you're kind of spending time finally like out of it, yes. which is very relieving. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably say the same, just kind of learning to like not everyone's a bad person. Like most people are pretty genuine, so just kind of just trusting them and taking a step of faith of like, hey, yeah. I don't really understand what you're doing, but I'm gonna trust you. Um, and especially with God, it's like the song uh, "New Wine" by Hillsong mm -hmm. says, "When I trust you, I don't need to understand." Mm -hmm. And like that really stood out to me. I'm like, mm -hmm. after, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think there's like some bravery or like the courage that you yeah. talked about that yeah. you feel when you're going in the direction of health and growth. Totally. Yeah. Good. How about going to three and stress? Uh, yeah, I kind of feel like I need to like prove my worth to others. Mm. Like last night, I was at Trader Joe's, texted a couple of people if they want anything, and I spent like five minutes getting stuff for me and like thirty minutes getting myself for others, thinking they'll they'll like me more. Mm. And even like Missine asked me, she's like, "Oh, we were talking about the sparkling water, I think it was." She's like, "Oh, I wish you got me one." And I was like halfway home, I'm like. I could probably turn around right <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, like, if I do that, then, like, she'll like me more. Oh, I love you. You should have turned around. Almost did. That's a great idea. I know. I think in, like, the direction of becoming unhealthier and stress, I retreat almost more inward. Um, and I find myself like more quiet or maybe a little bit more snappy mm -hmm. because I feel the stress of starting to worry or being so worried that there's like no way out of that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that no one else will know the answer, only like I can get there. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, not, but yeah. you start to like tune others out a little bit more um, and retreat a lot more too. Yeah. What is something you wish people really knew about being a sex? We can be fun. <laughs> we can be adventurous and spontaneous, but I think, at least speaking for myself, like it takes feeling comfortable and safe mm -hmm. and like that need for security and knowing that people have like put in the time and the effort yeah. for that. Yeah. Like we can be fun and spontaneous mm -hmm. and adventurous and like the reason we can be such good friends is, or like maybe the reason that we worry so much is because we care that much yeah. more. Yeah. Like about those friends or family or about the task at hand. Yeah. And I think like it's not rooted in a place of being like crazy or odd or just <laughs> always like wanting to be a ball of worry or stress, but mm -hmm. it's just from a place of like such deep care. Yeah. Um, but when we do finally feel like we've got that or we're kind of close to that, we can be fun and, and 
enjoyable to be around and not always worrying. So good. Yeah, I'd say uh, kind of two things. Like, first thing is like, yeah, we don't kind of trust people a lot, but like, we want to be around people. Mm. Um, I think it's definitely like with them, with them, with my close friends. That's when I feel like really safe. Yeah. Um, and especially like it's not it doesn't happen a lot, but it's just like the times of kind of like just guards down, relax. Mm -hmm. um, and the second thing is like we love problem solving, or at least I do, because like if you tell me you you're, if you tell us a problem, like we'll tell you like ten thousand things can yeah. go wrong with it, and just kind of help you work through that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just so many stories of like someone having to do just like yeah that spider story. <laughs> like Sydney was like, oh, right, just put it outside. I'm like, wait, if we put it outside, we might lose it. It might go under the shirt, and then we'll pick up the shirt, and it'll be on our hands, and it'll like sting us, and it'll be better than us. Literally, or like it could just eventually end up back in the office. It could. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. so last question: At your best, healthiest self, how do you see God working through you? Um. Yeah. Kind of. Hmm. Yes, um, kind of realizing like he'll never leave me. That like people leave, go and come all the time, but like God is like always there, and it's just like turning to Him, uh, just in everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I had two thoughts on that. Um, the first was that like I think it's actually kind of an honor, even though it's stressful <laughs> to be a six. Um, I think it's kind of an honor too because the loyalty that like we show to our friends and family and like that love I think is unparalleled and as an example like of his character that he has mm -hmm. for us. Okay. And so I think it's pretty cool to try to embody that. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that I always have to tell myself, my mantra, is that like his, um, like my best case scenario that I could come up with for something, like whatever God provides is far better than something that like I ever could have come mm, up with on my own. So good. And then like when it's when it is worst case scenario, like it's always turned out okay. Mm -hmm. And so always remembering that like it was scary in the moment, but he was still there yeah. and provided. So so good, you guys. Thank you for being vulnerable. <laughs> We're just gonna continue. Is that okay? We're doing okay? Good, okay. Last but not least, the seven, the enthusiasts. Okay, so the sevens. So sevens are the most energetic of all nine types. They are a constant source of imagination and freedom in the world. Because they're so charming, they can actually often be mistaken for being in the heart triad, which we will talk about in the panel. Um, and sevens are always positive, they're always hopeful. Sevens are really just a great voice to have in your life. Sevens desire satisfaction. And, okay, and their core sin is gluttony, but first let's, let's break down the satisfaction desire. So they desire satisfaction or pain avoidance, right? Either or, the same thing. So they're perpetually looking for distractions or opportunities to stay as far away as possible from what's going on inside. One of their biggest fears is being deprived of options. That caused a lot of anxiety for them. They are terrified of being stuck with their own pain, so they stay overly active to starve off the inner ache that they want to avoid. Something also interesting to know about a seven is in their unhealthy self, they run the risk of being told like, oh, you don't stick to your word or to your commitments. But really it's because they're so 
in need of this freedom that's such a value for them that sticking to a commitment is almost like what else am I saying no to with what I'm saying yes to so they it's like again constant FOMO like we mentioned in the beginning so good intentions but yeah the commitment almost just looks like a limitation for them it's a better way to put it um, the author of Sacred Enneagram, I love this quote, puts it so well. He says, the gluttony is a constant desire for more, or better said, their determination to overdo anything that brings them gratification, feasting on options and opportunities until they're overwhelmed by their indulgences and sickened by their excessive addiction to pleasure. <laughs> kind of dark, but yeah, that's like, yeah. <laughs> good way to put it. So I mentioned this the first week too. I love this quote for a seven, too much of a good thing is never enough. That's their mantra. And so... We talked in the beginning a bit about they're in the head center, right? And so they underexpress their thinking. So what does that really look like? So for a seven, they might think too quickly and not think about like, the ramifications of what's going on. And with the underexpression, it looks like fleeing outward to avoid their own inner world, right? So they're underexpressing their thought life because they, they don't want to be in their inner world. They want to escape it. So they appear courageous or adventurous, but they're actually escaping this fear of being stuck in emotional pain, stuck in their anxiety. They keep their minds and their selves occupied so the underlying anxieties will not surface. So they think they have to try everything. They think that, you know, I'm going to look for whatever I can to give me the satisfaction that I'm looking for. So a practice for a seven what to put to death. So putting to death this core weakness of gluttony, which causes you to try to fill yourself up with new experiences to avoid pain. Only through Christ can you be completely satisfied. And then bringing to life your core longing to know who you know that you are taken care of through Christ's unending living water, taking rest and joy as his cherished child. So for a seven, the highest level of health would be really developing healthy discernment skills and restraint, right? Knowing when to say no, knowing when to say no to that inner drive for the, the pleasure and the ongoingness. Like, when do I just say, like, okay, I'm just going to rest. I'm just going to rest and be. The song I, the lyric I picked for seven was, let me tell you another secret of the trade. It feels like sinking when I'm standing in one place. So I look to the future and I book another flight. When everything feels heavy, I've learned to travel light. <laughs> so let's get to know sevens a little bit more. So a seven with a wing six is also called the entertainer. So these types are loyal, endearing, they're responsible, very outgoing and relationship oriented. They can be playful, childlike, and sometimes anxious in their stressful selves. Um, a seven wing six will typically draw people in using their charisma to establish their reassurance in a relationship. They're very spontaneous. Um, they're kind of like the friend that's like, let's take a mini trip tomorrow. You know, you're having a bad day. Let's go on a trip tomorrow. They're a great positive friend to reframe the negative that might be going on in your life. And something on this note, too, um, that I was thinking about this morning that Haley and I were talking about was, um, sevens are really attracted to celebrations and parties, and they can often find themselves like being life of the party. But a difference is with that can also be reminiscent of three. And so, and sevens and threes are very, very mistyped. Like, I think out of all types, I think sevens and threes are super mistyped. The difference with this is so threes can kind of, they like being center of attention, but sevens don't necessarily like it. They're more, they just want to bring that joy and entertainment to the party. So they're not like, I need to get there and like be like the MC of the night, but they're like, I just want to be there and have fun and make everyone else have fun. And 
this is such a great example. Haley's one of my best friends, and she's going to talk about this, but she's such a seven-wing six in the sense that I, I would never go to a party where I didn't know anyone. Like I, I, that's not fun for me. I would feel really shy. I always feel comfortable taking Haley because Haley doesn't care if she doesn't know anyone. She literally will become best friends with every pocket she talks to, but never monopolizes, never needs to be center of attention. She just likes getting to know new people. Not that I don't, but you know what I mean? Like I just would get more shy. She's just like, yeah, sure, let me bring the joy wherever I go. So that's a seven wing six. Um, seven wing eight is called the realist. So these are maybe a little bit more free. They're passionate, adventurous, and strong. They seek intensity. They're often leaders, quick-minded and creative. They're very determined, um, driven. They, because of that eightness in them, they can kind of like push the boundary a little bit further with that drive. I'm curious if any of you guys are a seven wing eight. Yeah? Can you? I said I'm a Maybe your balance, yeah. Can you speak to that a little bit? What does that look like for you? Uh, yeah, I think like definitely living out my life, I take more of like a leadership role mm. than I've seen other sevens take. But I think when I get unhealthy, it's almost like my way or the highway. Like, yeah. this is what we have to do. Mm. Like, if one of those things is on the list, like, I'm going to flip. So I think my aim is shows more when I'm like unhealthy. Yeah. For That's sure. Good. So a seven's core fear, again, is this deprivation or being trapped in emotional pain, being limited or bored, missing out on something fun. So self-care for a seven. So one of the best self-care practices for a seven is scheduling a long time. Yeah, let's just, I know, this, is, this one's hilarious. I love this one. T-shirt cannons, glitter, glue, <laughs> new restaurant openings, Bumble, Bumble BFF, <laughs> bullet journaling, saying no, treating yourself to a day with your BFF, frequent travel, themed parties, scheduling alone time. But so these are all hilarious and great, but really this part of scheduling alone time, <laughs> this scheduling alone time is so key. Because again, so remember, so sevens have this like chronic escapism in them. So learning to really just rest in the silence is the core practice for a seven. And silence seems dull for sevens. And so they have to, you know, they're always in pursuit of other options and opportunities. But for them, it's turning off that chatter that's like you have to keep doing that's distracting them and just being able to sit and rest. Being able to sit with, you know, and rest from that drive, resting from the compulsion to live free, whatever that means to them, right? And when sevens rest, they actually make room in their minds for imaginative ideas to come forth, for their dreams and their creative visions. And I'm picking on Haley just because she's the seven closest to my life, but I see that in Haley. When she isn't her healthy self, she'll spend like nights where she's like, I need to be alone tonight. And Haley's an amazing journaler and artist. She literally makes like collages and that's her creative dreamer side coming out, right? The side that's like, I don't need to constantly be doing, but I can just be with my own thoughts and that's beautiful. Does that make sense? So how do we love a seven? Have fun with them. Celebrate their love for life and spontaneity. Don't dismiss their big ideas. Surprise them with plans together. Catch them when they distract themselves from what matters. So sevens experience heartache when their relationship lacks enjoyment. They need you to engage the fun when you're able and cheer them on when you're apart. 
Um, so I think Lauren touched on this last week. She mentioned, you know, how for a two, sometimes we just want you to, if we're sad, we want you to just sit with us and be like, it's okay. And something that's an interesting friendship dynamic for, let's say, a two or a seven, maybe even for, I think, for a nine and a seven, is like sevens are so keen on always being the positive outlook. And sometimes seven have to be like, okay, let me let me just hold on to that for a second and sit with this person in their sadness. But then it's also great because they, they always bring that positive, you know, optimistic view to everything, to every problem. Great friend to have. So for a seven, when they're growing, they're gonna look towards healthy fives. You'll start to notice a pattern here, right? Where every number is kind of like, it's inverse of the other. So fives will go to seven in unhealth, and sevens will go to five in health. So what does that look like? So they will learn how to deal with their uncomfortable feelings and relax in the present moment. Having a quieter mind enables them to focus and draw out more creativity and depth, which we just talked about and experiencing each moment as fascinating and profound. So really for them, moving to five is this growth in mental clarity, and I talked about like learning restraint, right? Learning restraint with like, it doesn't have to be this ongoing more and more and more gluttony. <coughs> and when they're stressed, sevens will start to go to unhealthy sides of one. So this includes becoming a perfectionist or critical, becoming cynical and hypercritical to change people, and blaming others for preventing fun. I'm curious if any of you can speak to that. <laughs> yeah, and, and Tony can probably talk to this, but I will like always blame. Like when I'm unhealthy, I'm like blame, blame, blame. Like, oh, it's mm. your fault we didn't. And like I, I'm like such a seven in the sense that I forget like like those things where like I forget that we have to schedule time to eat. And mm. and, you know those yeah. things. I'm just like, oh, let's go. We're gonna go to this place, this place, this place. This place. Uh, when are we gonna eat? And I was like, yeah. Oh, do we need to eat? <laughs> <laughs> good. That's good. So the scripture for seven, John 4, 14, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So knowing that Christ is in you and then you're completely satisfied with Christ, he has planned a magnificent future for you. So I'm going to invite Haley up. I didn't know any male sevens, and I forgot about you, Richard, because I just met you. But um, Tim, another seven that I know, has actually sent in his answers. So we do have some male perspective as well. You sit on the tall stool with me, too. I need my laptop, so tall. Okay, okay, it's fine. Come close. I'll come closer. Um, so close. Okay. So, thank you for being here. Of course. So, biggest stereotype. So I'm going to first read Tim's answer. So Tim said, biggest stereotype about me, I thought this was great, being labeled as unorganized or scatterbrained. But it's not entirely wrong. He said, he goes, he goes on to say, I've never used a planner to this, and I've never used a planner, and to this day have never used a calendar, which is true. He's never even used his iPhone calendar. But to people, it surprises people how I operate. I store all my thoughts organized internally in my head. I do forget things from time to time, but for me, it's a simple NBD, no big deal. And I figure out a way to do it better next time. I'm always on the go, and I love being active, so I do like the adrenaline and competition. All in all, I relate to all the stereotypes. And, but then he said, he said, actually, sevens have FOMO, question mark. Not in my experience. I'll always find something to do. <laughs> okay. What about for you? Oh, there were so many good things that he said. Okay, what is the biggest stereotype? So I am a seven wing six. I also have notes. Shout out to my sixes. Um, <laughs> so I was gonna say, 
I personally think the biggest stereotype is when I'm on Instagram and I'm looking at all of my Enneagram accounts that I follow and they like talk about the seven, it's all like adventure mm. or like confetti and like glitter glue, which I love sprinkles and <laughs> glitter glue, but like for me, my adventure is not like, let's go down for like, a, let's do like a mini trip mm. right now. Cause I'm more like, okay, cool. But I found, okay, here's an example. Um, last week at lunch, my coworker was having kind of a bad day. <laughs> they were literally like, let's just get out. Let's just go to lunch. Like we don't have to be on campus, it's fine. As the time gets closer, I'm like, I just feel like I need to stay here, like I want to go eat at the cafeteria, yeah. like I'm fine. So Your it's like, totally mm -hmm. like, oh, but maybe there's something better for me. Mm. So I can get stuck in this like selfish pocket mm. of like, okay, yeah. fun, but I'm going to retreat mm. because I might be missing out on something that's like better for me. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. sense. Yes. Talk to us about gluttony and excess in your life. Yeah. I feel like I'm like your therapist. <laughs> um, so I love Nassim's quote. Mine is too much of a good thing is almost enough. Mm. Because it's just like, you Harry Potter fans will love it. Like, yeah. I have this thought where like social media is I think big for all of us. But when it comes to like social media or just something that I'm fixated on and I want more of. I'm like a Dementor, if you know what that is in Harry Potter. <laughs> Dementors like are these creatures and they just suck out like the joy, the life of people. And that's me just like sucking out, like I can't get enough of Instagram, like mm. what's this, when's this like next hit gonna come yeah, from? Or yeah. like this music, I can't stop listening yeah. to it. I like wake up in the middle of the night singing it or like, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, that's when I know I need to change things up. And like I wake up and the first thing is like a lyric of some random song. That's good, that that's so good. Sense. Oh, but also, continue. gluttony. Um, I wanted to say one more thing. While you find, I'll read what Tim yeah, said. Yeah, he said, I feel gluttony in regards to my time. He said, I love having my free time and doing things that I want to do with it. So kind of, again, that whole like not committing to something right away. It's just the freedom to do whatever he wants to do. Okay, never mind. Continue. Okay, talk to us about stress and growth. Let's see, what number is that one? Going to one and going to five. <coughs> oh, no, no, I meant number Oh, three. number three. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, stress and growth. So for growth, I actually love alone time. Like, I moved here two years ago, and I felt like a lot of times, like I'd say to you or some of my other friends, like, I just feel like I've been really sad. Mm -hmm. Because I, like, I'm spending time alone, and I'm journaling, and I'm listening to music, but, like, I've actually found that that's, I'm growing, and I'm, like, actually in the pain mm -hmm. that I've been avoiding. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, it demands to be felt. Like, it's going to come yeah. up eventually. Yeah. So you got to deal with it some way. Mm -hmm. So then I would channel it in, like, my journaling and my artwork. artwork. But it's just, like, I felt so sad, but I mm -hmm. also felt like, oh, I was growing because of that alone time. Yeah. Um, and Actually, I'm going to stop you oh, with yeah. that. Can you t talk more about even, like, how a seven under-expresses the thought energy yeah. I feel like that is also what you're talking about, like oh, the yeah. avoidance. Like, tell us more about that. Like, why? Oh, yeah, I wrote that down. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, I can't find where it is. That's okay. Um, can you repeat your question? Yeah, just the under-expression under of the thought energy that sevens do. Like, being in that triad. So what does that look like for you? And, like, why do you think you do it? Like, that avoidance. Oh, yeah. Because I think 
our minds go so fast. Like, there's the quote monkey mind, like on everything that you read. Like, our minds are just going so fast. And so we have to, like, avoid uh, what's going on or else we won't rest. Like, I mentioned it at the table. Like, even when I rest, I'm not even fully resting mm. because I can't shut my mind off. Um, but so I feel like I can even be just, like, detached from that and I can have, like, the monkey mind and, like, doing things. Yeah. Like, grabbing this experience and this experience there where mm. I'm not even thinking about it. I just, mm. like, go do it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Tim said in stress, he said, I have to realize, I need to realize I can't acquire things that I want now. I need to stop letting my mind wander to what to the things I want to plan to do next. And then in growth, he said, I don't find myself thinking about the past. I'm all about the present and the future. I'm learning to be more present in the now and letting go of the future unknowns. Well, that makes sense. In growth. That was my growth. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just being like the alone. Yes, yes. Um, I'd say, oh, I oftentimes like, and it goes along with the monkey mind. I can never get away from it. It's like even when I'm in a healthy spot or like reading my Bible, and I'm like, I'm having a really good time with Jesus. But then I'm like, oh, I should text Nassim and tell her how much I love her. Or like, oh, I should write this note. I haven't written my friend in Florida for so long. Like, these are all good things. Yeah. And it's like connecting me to that heart triad mm -hmm. that I'm not naturally connected to, mm -hmm. but I've got to stay focused. I've got to stay the course. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> what else? Tell us more. That's, I don't know if I have any more. That was hard. You're so prepared. I am for different questions. What else? Why the the underprepared is hard, so hard. Um, uh, what do you wish people knew about yeah. you? Yeah. I would say that there's so much more to sevens. Like, we are so emotionally deep. And I think a lot of people are so surprised by that. Mm -hmm. um, and here's a little story. Um, when I was in high school, my junior year, for like a whole month, all my friends were like, you're so positive, you're so happy, there's nothing more to you than a smile. I was like, no, really. I'm much deeper. I can get mad. I can get angry. They're like, not true. Not at all. <laughs> so I proved them all wrong, and I got a job at, yeah. <laughs> I got a job at like the theme park for Halloween, and I was like Little Dead Riding Hood. So I had like, I worked at the theme park like every weekend, and I was Little Red Riding Hood, but I was like, slashed by the wolf. <laughs> so my face was like bloody the whole time. So it was like really dark and like, yeah. you know, gloomy, but yeah. I was like, I can be more than just a smile. Yeah. <laughs> There's more to me than just smiling. If that makes any sense. <laughs> we also love anticipation. Oh, and this goes on to the whole like non-committed thing. Like I love anticipation, but sometimes I love it more than the actual thing. Mm, so if we're yeah, like, yeah. oh, like let's plan a movie night yeah. and let's like get all the fixings. Yeah. And then we sit down and watch the movie. I like might be like, oh, can we? Yeah. Like, let's talk or like yes. let's do something else. <laughs> or like let's yeah. plan something and then like oh yeah. well actually I don't want to go to lunch anymore. Yes, that's so good. The anticipation. That's yeah. really good. Tim also said this, but I love. He said. I'm sorry if I stop listening to you, even if I'm super interested. I find my mind wandering, but I try to keep up, which is so honest. Yeah. That's so good. Well, can I ask you? Okay, at your best self, how do you see God at work in you? Mm, that's a good one. Um, hmm. 
I think it goes back to like intentional relationships mm. and and just like I think as well like seven wing six need those mantras as well mm. um, and just those Bible verses to like keep saying over us because mm. we just are thinking all of the time and we need like God's word to really like bring us mm. back um, so for me, it's like, oh, when, I, when I'm when i in a healthy space, I can recall mm. those verses and, like, come back to his word. And then I think, like, intentional relationships and just intentional time with him as well. And then we haven't talked about reframing. Mm. But sure. sevens are, like, that's, like, our superpower, like, masterminds, mm. reframing. It's, like, unconscious, and it's just, it can happen anywhere and anytime. So I feel like when the motives are correct from my heart, like I'm healthier when the motives are correct from my heart of like, I love you and I want to help you see this good spot rather than like, I can't handle your pain. Your mm -hmm. worry is like really annoying me right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to like make you change your mind yeah. by like, here's the positive yeah. and like, this is it. Why yeah. are you taking it? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like stress, but. No. Okay, cool. <laughs> good. I don't have any more from him. What else? Oh, okay. Um, let's see. There was one question about, um, what was it? Maybe it was the, the growth and stress. Mm. Um, okay. Um, I guess I'll just tell you the story too of like, oh, this was about the, the, the gluttony, I believe. Mm. Like, you'll, I think you'll hear a lot of times for sevens, it's not about food. Um, and, like, I want to say this because maybe you know a seven or, like, you are a seven who, like, actually deals with food. Like, I love food. And mm -hmm. it's been a huge, like, struggle in my life mm -hmm. because it's a pleasure point And, like, yeah. we chase experiences. So I had this situation in February when I was really learning about the seven mm -hmm. in Enneagram. I was at my desk and I was, like, guess feeling stressed. And I grab my water bottle and I'm, like, I'm going to go get a snack. I get up, I go, no, Haley, sit back down. I was like, why are you going, up? like, why are you getting up to get a snack? Okay, you're about to start a project that you don't want to start. It's about to lock you into something that's going to make you feel a little bit painful because yeah. yeah. you got to stick with it. Yeah. So you're going to divert and go get something that brings you pleasure, but you're not hungry. It's going to make you feel worse. Like, you don't, and you're going to have to do your project anyway. So, like, why even go do that? So I think how the Enneagram has helped me is, like, mm -hmm. it's given me the verbiage to, yes. like, figure out how I can get closer to the Lord and, like, how I can help me be a better person and, like, love other people. So good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.